everyone, I'm Chismosa, and I'm here with... Denali with a J. And we are the... Not Safe for Work Bible Pod. Wow, I suddenly forgot who we were. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, this week, actually not this week, today, a couple of hours ago, we made sugar cookies. I made sugar cookies. Which is not something that Denali usually enjoys. He's so grumpy every time. The cookie of choice is sugar. Hater. Anyways, Denali, what do you what did you think of them? They were good. Yeah, we're not gonna get much more than that. It's it's on a scale from good to pretty good with Denali. Uh, but when I was making the sugar cookies, Denali was like in a hurry. He wanted us to finish so that we could get here and record. So I was running away from Denali. And that brings us to our story for today, because our main character was also running away from someone, and that main character is Jacob, and this is part three of our series. Jacob and his tricks. Yeah. Specifically, today's episode is called Bloody Bloody Lies Lies and and Stolen Gods. Cue the music. Denali, take us away. Um, so uh, last week we were talking about the um, period of time that Jacob and his two wives and their slaves were living um, at their um, at Jacob's uncle's house, his wife's father's house. <laughs> and uh, but what we didn't talk about, we talked about mostly what uh, the women were doing at the time, but we didn't really talk about what Jacob was doing for the most part, although he was, I mean, he was all, also in the story. But what he was doing uh, that whole time was basically he was a uh, a shepherd for Laban. So after he worked his 14 years for Rachel, he said, I want to leave now. And Laban was like, no, you, uh, I like having you here and working. You do more work. And I... <laughs> I've got 14 years out of you, and I don't know what to do right now if you leave. And so they agreed on a price and uh, basically wages for Jacob. And the wages were um, that he would get um, all of the animals that he was shepherding that were born of a certain color. And um, so basically it was... uh, the smallest uh, portion of his uh, flock, but Jacob, you know, the trickster that he is, he uh, he figured out how to basically gerrymander the breeding of the flock, and um, he had uh, he like selectively breeded um, he selectively bred all the animals, and so that he got the strongest animals out of the flock and the more fertile, and he got it so he maximized how many animals he got. And then Laban saw a much higher uh, amount of animals being born the color that they agreed on. And so he said, this isn't good. So he changed it um, to a different color for the next year. But Jacob uh, just kept on gerrymandering all of the breeding, basically. Um, And so Laban kept on changing his wages. Um, And at the end of six years... um, 
Laban had changed uh, the agreement of what he was going to get paid ten, ten times. And uh, this is in addition to uh, him changing the wages of tricking him into marrying the wrong person in the beginning. Um, He's such a scammer. And uh, yeah, basically Laban was. And so Jacob was getting tired of being tricked the whole time because, you know, he his thing is like he likes to trick people and he doesn't like it when he was getting tricked. And he had been like putting up with it for like 20 years. And he was like, no, I don't I don't I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and so uh, he decided to uh, run away. And so he went and he told his two wives and asked them if it was OK if they ran away um from their father and those women said hell yeah let's blow this popsicle stand honestly they said something that's kind of the equivalent of that because they said are we not seen or treated by our father as foreigners and um i think at least in my opinion they might be slightly bitter over all the games he was playing with their futures and their destinies when Jacob came and told them, like, I think I want to run away, are you guys down? The wives, both Leah and Rachel, basically affirmed their loyalty to Jacob. They said, he's our father, and this is our family of birth, but you are like our new family, and we have all these children with you. So it's better for us and our children and our progeny. We want to go with you. Besides the fact that Laban was grumpy, that between Jacob's tricks and God's blessing, Jacob was amassing all of these livestock. Um, but the wives, Rachel and Leah, were like, um, what do we care either way? Because we're just women. And if we stay with our father, it's our father's property. If we stay with you, it's the property of you and our progeny. So they decided that Jacob was the way to go. In fact, they said, now then, whatever God has said to you, do. So Jacob, spurned by them. Spurned? Spurned? I don't think spurned. Okay, spurred, maybe is the word I'm looking for. Spurred on by their... Yeah, I think it's spurred. (laughs) Spurred by them agreeing with him, Jacob set them and their kids on a bunch of camels and whatever kind of transportation they were using back in the day and told them to ride off into the sunset and he drove away all his livestock also. And he did this kind of undercover without Laban being aware. In fact, Laban had gone to shear his sheep probably with a bunch of his guys. And so it was at this time, this very opportune moment, completely not shady looking at all, when Jacob just was like, you know what, I've, I've been kind of homesick for a while. Should we go home? And then packed up all his stuff and left. And it was a lot of stuff. But before they left, a particular character decided to do a particular thing. And that character is Rachel. Yes, the famous Rachel, the beautiful Rachel, the previously, as until now, innocent Rachel, Apparently not so innocent, okay? She's also a trickster. She decided, and actually it's unclear why, to take some of the goods that belonged to her father, like clearly, for example, his idols. So Rachel picked up the idols, everyone else picked up all their other stuff, and away they ran. And then what happened? Yeah. Well, first I want to say, I think it's funny, when when they're talking about uh yeah run away because we're gonna go with jacob instead of our father uh what they said was um they were mad because it says uh our father sold us and then he took all our money and you know i just imagine jacob being like yeah yeah who would who would be part of that transaction (laughs) it's like they're complaining to jacob that their father sold into him which i don't know kind of feels kind of backhanded to me (laughs) 
like our father sucks he made us marry you (laughs) but anyway um these ladies might have stockholm syndrome so (laughs) there is that um but yeah so then uh he runs away and like i said took uh laban three days to figure out that uh joseph had gone and then when he did he gathered up all the men around him and uh he chased after him and it took him uh seven days to catch up so even though joseph was um moving a whole uh flock um and laban just had um his his uh the men he hired or his servants or whatever um and they were chasing him it took him seven days so joseph was obviously like uh he was trying to put a lot of territory between them um uh at the rate he was going um and then but as he was going uh laban's actual plan was to kill was to kill jacob really because he was uh my how the tables have turned yeah he was he was not very happy about that so i think it's funny um when he runs when uh, jacob ran to laban his brother was trying to kill him and now he's running away from laban and laban's trying to kill him and he's going back to his brother which as far as he know is still so also planning to kill him, him. <laughs> Actually, this would be a great time. I don't know if Denali knows about this, but like insert the why are you running meme here. <laughs> That's what Laban said when he caught up to Jacob. Why are you running? Why are you running? Why are you running? Why are you running? Of course, you have no reason to fear me at all. I only came here to murder you. Yeah, that's exactly what he did too. Like when Laban came, he was like, why are you running? I don't understand. Everything was fine. Why would you run? And then it's like not until way later. He was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I was going to kill you, but God told me not to. <laughs> basically, like, God came to him in a dream. He was like, don't kill Jacob because that will work out very poorly for you. Um, so, yeah, he just shows up and pretends like everything was cool. He was like, he was like what would possibly make you uh, suspect me, you know? Yeah. Meanwhile, he had this whole army that was planning to come and kill him. And uh, he was like, why? Why did, you, why did you run? And Jacob was basically like, well, I was afraid because he kept on... He said you kept on on changing the wages. Okay. Well, basically, he said he was mad that um, uh, Laban was going to uh, take away his two wives that he had worked 14 years for Mm. um, and not let him go. And so that's why he didn't tell him. And uh, then Laban was like, I don't know what you're talking about. He was like, you just left and you stole my gods. And Jacob was like, what are you talking about? He was like... (laughs) like I, I didn't steal anything i only took my stuff and uh laban was like no because like my idols are missing someone stole my gods and uh and laban's like that's not true i'll tell you what anyone who has your idols here in this camp they'll they'll die he was like we'll we'll kill them just 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 to prove that he hadn't taken anything from laban um because jacob had no idea that his favorite wife had actually stolen those gods. So basically, he condemned uh, his wife to die because she had uh, stolen the idols. And he said, whoever whoever has those idols, that person has to die. Um, and so then what happened? People are always so quick to issue uh, those kinds of proclamations in the Bible. And it's like, don't be too hasty. <laughs> what if your kid accidentally picked up the idols? I don't know. They were really flagrant with the whole dying thing back then. Nevertheless, Laban is like, oh yeah, whoever has those idols, I can kill them? Okay, bet. 
So he goes traipsing in through everyone's tent. He goes through Leah's tent. He goes through slave wife number one's tent, slave wife number two. And then finally through Rachel's. But Rachel, alongside her incredible beauty and allure, she had wit. Okay, this girl was smart. Beauty and brains, a rare combination. (laughs) And she was too smart to just leave the idol somewhere in her tent, somewhere on the floor. No. She knew she had to think and figure out something that I consider to be pretty ingenious, actually. I don't know if she knew this was going to happen. I don't know if she just wanted to be on the safe side. Rachel hid the idols under her camel's saddle. But she didn't just stop there with the theft. She added the perfect lie on top of it. The lie to end all lies. Her father's traipsing in and out of the tents and probably sees her on the camel. And maybe he would even want to search the camel. It's unclear. Either way, Rachel preemptively stops any such search by saying, oh, hi, dad. Oh, you're here. Good to see you. I would come down from the camel and like give you a hug. But, you know, it's my time of the month. And her dad's like, say no more, say no more. Because he came for a particular kind of bloodlust, okay? And that was for Jacob's head. It's not a bloodlust of like his younger daughter's menstruation. He doesn't want to hear about that. So Rachel, being the genius that she is, manages to hide her father's idols underneath her camel's saddle, which is underneath her butt. (laughs) Her non-menstruating butt. But that's not what she told her father. So Laban didn't see anyone with the idols. He didn't find them in anyone's tent or on anyone's hand or amongst anyone's belongings. And so he comes to Jacob and is like, oh, well, you know, he kind of mumbles because when you come in like blustering, I mean, this is the way I picture it. When you come in blustering, like, I'm ready. I can't believe you stole my idols. And Jacob's like, well, okay, if you find the idols anywhere, you can kill anyone who has them. And Laban's like, oh, don't think I won't, because I will. And Jacob's like, yeah, go for it. And he's like, oh, I will. So he's walk, walking around, swinging, making a lot of noise. You know when people are angry and they're looking for something, they make a lot of noise? I can imagine that that's what Laban was doing. But he must have been humiliated and embarrassed and very, very meek and quiet when he didn't find anything. So he probably mumbled to Jacob and was like, oh, I didn't really find it. And Jacob was like, what was that? I I didn't hear that. And Laban's like, yeah, I I didn't find it. I didn't find it anywhere. And then Jacob decided to put on his own dramatic show and was like, I knew you would never find it because I never took it and no one here ever took it. And by the way, how could you do this to me? How could you not trust me? How could you chase me like a common criminal? I served you so well. I never stole anything from you. I was so good to you. You tricked me and I stayed. I've been a faithful-ish husband to your two daughters. I mean, really, what beef could you possibly have with me? Woe is me. You're so wicked to me. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? I'm the victim here and you're so evil. And Laban's kind of like... I mean, you made some points. (laughs) It's true, you served me for 20 years faithfully, etc., etc. But Laban's like, well, you just left, okay? You just left without me knowing. And quite frankly, everything that you have here is because of me. Or in fact, everything that you have here is mine. Those daughters that you have that you're calling your wives, those are my children. Those children around you that you're calling your children, those are my grandchildren. I facilitated all of this. These livestock that you have, they're the progeny of my livestock. Everything that you have, all the wealth, all the largesse, all the progeny, it all came through me. I mean, directly through me. But you made some points and I hear what you're saying. And maybe you feel a little bit, you know, some kind of way about me chasing you. So what we should do now is make a covenant. Let's make a covenant that, you know, there's basically peace between us. Dead the beef. We draw a line in the sand. I won't cross it this way. You won't cross it that way. Is that okay? Jacob says it's okay. 
Jacob gathers some stones or tells some people to gather some stones. They make some altar. They make some pillar. Um, and they shake hands, etc. They kiss, they cry, they laugh, they hug. And uh, that's kind of how the situation resolves. And at the end of the day, they go to sleep. Then the next day, Laban wakes up. And Laban is overly dramatic. And it's like, you know, I just really wanted to kiss my grandchildren uh, before, you know, before they go. That's all I wanted. (laughs) So he kisses his grandkids. He waves bye to his daughters. Rachel's still sitting on the camel, you know, waves to her dad like, bye, dad. And uh, away Laban goes. And no one dies. (laughs) All thanks to Rachel's ingenuity, perhaps. Who knows? And that's the story. Yeah, so uh, what do you think the moral is? I find that over and over, especially in this series, this Jacob and his tricks, go and make sure to check out parts one and two. Mm -hmm. I find that in this series, it's so hard to really say like a moral because it's just like everyone in these stories is so morally bankrupt. (laughs) I mean, unnecessarily so, even. Why did Rachel steal those idols? can't imagine that she needed them they're called Laban's idols so I can't imagine that they're ones that she frequently used it was just like to stick it to him (laughs) I bet he's gonna go around looking for those idols and they'll be nowhere to be found and it's gonna drive him crazy and she just loved the idea of it that girl might have some psychological problems um but I guess that's not so much about the moral hmm there's only so long you can get away with something and I guess that's not so comforting because it was a really, 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 really long time that Laban got away with this. It wasn't like it was 10 minutes or a couple months or a year. It was like 20 years of just, of like scamming, lying, cheating, bad deals, um, et cetera, et cetera. So it wasn't like it was a short time, but at the same time, it wasn't forever. And then at the end of the day, someone also, in fact, his own daughter, someone quite close to him, kind of scammed him, betrayed him, whatever, unnecessarily too, just as like the as like the icing on the humiliating cake. So I guess, yeah, like maybe the moral is you may think that because of the position that you're in, you can get away with mistreating people or dealing with them unfairly or being, yes, continuously unfair to them. But that position will not necessarily remain the same forever. The paradigm might shift when that happens. The people who you've been mistreating might have an opportunity to do kind of the same thing to you, which I think is kind of what Rachel did. So yeah, what about you? I mean, I think my two favorite parts of the story is is literally, like I said before, when Rachel's just complaining about everything. And like, she's like so mad at her dad, mostly because her dad made her get married to Jacob, which is, I don't know, it's funny to me. Um, but like everything that like happened in like the previous episode, like, um, she basically just like got her revenge by stealing um, her dad's idols, which I think is like also funny because you know um, like the whole thing about like the uh, the Pentateuch or the Torah, right? It's it's all about like um, the solidification of like monotheism or whatever. But like at the same time, you know, I think a lot of times we have this idea that the what of the Torah. And like one of the one of the things about the Torah, like it's, it's like extremely like monotheistic, right? From the way we read it, but at the same time, like 
while you have like this monotheism you also have these people like fighting over gods like over like little idols and they don't say like you took my idols they say like you took my god <laughs> it's like it's like rachel just like stole his god which <laughs> that's just like funny to me like she can just like take it and and like steal a god like that just that just seems like a, a dumb a dumb thing like if it gets stolen i don't know um but then also I thought it was funny when uh when Jacob goes seeing he's complaining about like how all his wages were changed and everything and how he had actually deserved all this stuff and how Laban was taking everything and Laban basically just like I'm looking around and I don't see anything that's not mine <laughs> he's like everything I see here is mine <laughs> yeah, <that was> funny. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about like I own all this um that was funny <laughs> he's like I he was like he was like not not consenting to any of that <laughs> he was like i don't know what you're talking about everything here is mine um but i think it's interesting the only person that doesn't really like have any any karma for tricking anyone is rachel like she basically gets no karma for stealing her her father's gods um everyone else that tricks someone they they get in big trouble um but then i think at the end when they when they do make a pact basically to never see each other again like i think like kind of like the moral of the tale there is that um i mean it's continuing the theme of like you know when you when you trick people and are dishonest and take advantage of people you're going to get tricked and you're going to get taken advantage of you know um jacob jacob tricked his brother and his father um and then he was tricked by laban you know multiple times you know laban tricked um uh, Jacob and then Jacob ran away and he got he got tricked by his daughter and got his stuff stolen um, so I think it continues that theme but I think it also it's also more about the the theme of like the the treating people dishonestly like they weren't able to work out any kind of like um, workable solution like the only the only solution they had was either to kill each other or just agree to never see each other again um, I think that just uh wow that's amazing because honestly yeah I think I need to start doing that <laughs> just killing people or never seeing them I mean yeah I wish I could I don't know why <laughs> I can't just I can't literally just do that I don't get it that it's true I'm, I'm not even inclined to that kind of thing but Laban and Jacob are 100% right it's straight up one of us has to die maybe both but someone must I don't know, you might not know, in some West African cultures, your mother will tell you, if you make her mad enough, one of us will die tonight, <laughs> which I always loved so much. So yeah, so that usually, I think, is uh, supposed to be an exaggeration, but sometimes in life, maybe you might get to a Jacob Laban type situation. I'm actually having an epiphany about this as we speak, okay? And it's like, Either I die or you die. We both can't exist on this planet in our physical forms. Or I can't even, I can't see hair nor hide of you ever. Jacob and Laban, they might be some bastard tricksters, but, but they have sense when it comes to that. I mean, I feel like it's exactly how two con men would settle the dispute. You know, it's like, it's like an old western where they walk down Main Street, like, there's not enough room for us in this town, you know? Either one of us moves. 
and then they're just like, okay. Or dual. Well, then just we'll just go to different cities. <laughs> like, <laughs> like instead of like yeah. dueling or whatever, they're just like, you know what? That's a valid point. We'll just we'll just both move. <laughs> yeah. We just we'll just agree not to see each other again. <laughs> Sometimes it's the only way. It's so true. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. But, yeah, so I guess, like, uh, I, but I think it's, you, you should you should never be in that position. I think uh, you know, not tricking each other will, uh, I think basically, like, just treating treating people dishonestly will, like, lead, lead to those kind of um, in uh, irresolvable conflicts. Yeah, basically. I think that's true. Like, you can't you can't just expect to like keep on tricking everyone or lying or stealing or just like being dishonest for people and then just like expect it to be fine long term. It's kind of impossible. Cause yeah, cause like eventually things are just gonna like not work out, mm. and either you're gonna like leave and someone's gonna like chase after you for seven days trying to kill you, or <laughs> or something else. You never know. Yeah. Deep. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, well, Jacob did um, make a deal with Laban so that Laban wasn't trying to kill him. He still, he couldn't go back with Laban. And he still had to go toward his brother, who also, like, the last thing he heard his brother say was, as soon as dad dies, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) And so, (laughs) and his dad is dead. And now he has to go find his brother because it's the only other place he knows where to live. And so, come back next week. Do how that story ends. Yeah, and that will be the final episode in this four-part series, Jacob and His Tricks. So if you want to know how that lying, cheating, stealing bastard Jacob is doing, then please stick around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But until then, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.